Uh, and now it's my great pleasure to introduce tonight's moderator, Ms. Noe Tanagawa. <laughs> <laughs> Noe Tanagawa is the arts and culture reporter for Hawaii Public Radio. An award-winning journalist, she has been honored by the Los Angeles Press Club, the Society of Professional Journalists, and the Edward R. Murrow Award. She previously hosted radio music and news programs for WQXR in New York City and KCCN-KINE in Honolulu. Please give a warm welcome to Ms. Noe Tanagawa. <laughs> Aloha mai kako, gangies. <laughs> as soon as I heard this topic, I knew we were going to have a great time. So that's what tonight's all about, okay? I hope you'll feel completely comfortable as a few of us are up here to just talk anytime, pitch in. We're going to love it. Now, there are a couple of people here that you don't know yet, so let me introduce them to you. We'll start with our import today. Her name is Sarah Roberts, came to us from California. She's familiar with Hawaii, however. She did her graduate work here, sociolinguist, and she studied hybrid languages, hybrid Russian, Arabic hybrids, and right now she's working on a book about Hawaii pigeon. She's doing it for Cambridge University Press, and she's done a lot of studying about pigeon history. We're going to learn a lot from her. Thanks so much for coming, Sarah. <laughs> really glad to have you. Now, Governor John Waihe III carried the aspirations of the 1978 Constitutional Convention into the governor's office when he became the first state governor of Hawaiian ancestry. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> Served two terms. Instrumental creating the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, he's still game, providing leadership and counsel on Kanaka Maoli issues. My favorite governor, John oh, Waihe'e. <laughs> John, thank you so much. Did you know that we've got at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, the Charlene Sato Center for Pigeon Creole and Dialect Studies? Co-director right here, Katie Drager, also a sociolinguist. She studies what we're saying about ourselves when we speak pigeon, among other things. Thanks so much for being here, Katie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> right. And this other one here, stand-up comic, TV video host, headline comedy clubs across America, always number one comedian in our hearts. I'm not sure if you've checked out his YouTube channel, Daily Pigeon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> If you haven't checked it out yet, we're going there after this. We're going to crash your site. Andy Bumatai. <laughs> Andy. All right. We've got a couple of native pigeon speakers here, and we're off into our night tonight. You know, pigeon and creole, it's, it's, a, it's an intellectual topic. It's a, it's a right. field of study. And there's a lot of history we'd like to start with here. Maybe you can launch us off on that, sure. Sarah, because you've studied pigeons since it existed in Hawaii. When yes. was that? Well, the earliest uh, text I can find that is recognizably pigeon uh, is from 1791. 1791, yes. wow, OK. And um, I've done my research by looking at any old documentation of pigeon, looking at court records, newspapers, high school yearbooks, anything that has information about the history of the language. And um, so, yeah, so that's... What was pigeon like in 18, you know, 1791? Oh, well, back then, so when we talk about pigeon, we have to also recognize that there were two different varieties of pigeon. There was one based on the native Hawaiian language and another one based on English. And they coexisted um, mm. for much of the 19th century. And uh, in fact, when the sugar plantations first really took off after 1876, when they brought in a lot of the Chinese and Portuguese and Japanese uh, labor, what they learned on the plantations was actually this Hawaiian uh, fo um, pidgin form of the Hawaiian language. And then after the overthrow of the monarchy, that very much uh, shifted to English as being the dominant language that was used by immigrants in, in Hawaii. So it went from being Hawaiian pigeon to pigeon English? Yes, pigeon Hawaiian although pigeon they English. both coexisted during ah. that period. But it was more in like the towns in like Honolulu where English pigeon was more spoken. But once pigeon Hawaiian kind of died out, then um, 
a newer form of this English pigeon was, was used throughout the plantations. Yeah. We've been talking about how pigeons so different across the islands. Yes. I mean, Governor, you grew up on the big island, Honoka'a, plantation right. town. I mean, what kind of pigeon was spoken? What, you well, well, first of all, I have to say that I'm feeling the same anxiety sitting between two PhDs <laughs> <laughs> that I used to feel back in Honoka'a school sitting between two teachers who I knew were going to correct my English. <laughs> You see, so to, but it's so ironic that we have come so far that I'm worried that they're going to cor correct my pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can turn around and correct theirs. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to try my best to remember. Um, what was it like? I, you know, it was everyday language. I mean, th there was no distinction. And I think they also were like different gradations of, of words. So I don't, I don't know whether or not, at least for me, uh, when I look back on it, whether or not it was just about vocabulary. And I, I guess we were talking about this earlier. Um, so it, it, it's, it's also, I think pidgin was a language that people used that also expressed a kind of, a, a, of, of culture. It was a way of, they, they spoke, but the way they structured sentences would actually indicate value of some kind. Oh. Um, you know, and, and if you heard it, and, and that coupled with enunciation, see, I learned something. Enunciation <laughs> was important because if you enunciated, the sound of the pronunciation of, the, of a word would indicate whether somebody knew pigeon or not. Oh. You know, you, you, and one of the worst things, which you know, some Punahou educated uh, <laughs> politicians do, is they would go before a local crowd and try to speak pigeon. Uh. You know, you know Andy, right? Oh. And it's just like uh, because they they would pronounce the the words. You know, perfectly. <laughs> and, and somebody else, like, you know, would say, to, would say, hey, governor, say something in Pigeon. Uh, look, what for? <laughs> and the guy would say, well, you know, I think the people would, should know, you know, what you, you say. Nah, no need. And the, he doesn't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> no. I just did it, you know? <laughs> so a lot of it, uh, in my opinion, when we were growing up, a lot of what we call Pigeon had to do with sound and the way you express a value. Uh -huh. See, so you know, yeah, you would say more better, or some, some more better, which means a little bit less more better. But <laughs> you know, but you would do it. What that was expressing is our way of. It's almost Japanese in some ways, uh -huh. because it's our way of saying something modestly that's enormous. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, I think a lot of that. And the master of doing that was, frankly, Danny Noy. And if I have time tonight, I'll, I'll tell you how somebody who spoke perfect English could actually speak to a pigeon-speaking crowd. And he, he, was, uh, he was fantastic at it. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about um, sort of this code switching that that pigeon involves, right? Because it's a constituency that understands it. You folks have studied that, Katie, at the Hawaii Center. Yeah, we talk about um, that ability a lot, how people are able to shift between different parts of their linguistic repertoire. So can, you know, people talk about it as turning on their pigeon, turning it on and off. Um, and uh, even within pigeon, kind of having it be heavier or not. Um, and According to what? It depends on a lot of different things. So um, who someone is talking to, if they're local or not, or if they're good friends or not, or what the situation is like. So we, we try and do interviews with people um, to be able to study their pigeon, but one of the ways to get people to turn off their pigeon is to take them to the university to do an interview and turn on the recorder. <laughs> so it ends up being really tricky to get the kind of data that we need to be able to study pigeon. Yeah. 
<laughs> Where do you have to take them? Uh, well, <laughs> but so, I mean, Andy, did you grow up speaking the same pidgin you think to everybody? Well, you know, um, when I grew up in Waianae, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and right there, you know, when I grew up, it was Waianae, yeah. and now it's Waianae. So not only, and, and we spoke about this backstage, Governor, you know, it, it, not only did the pigeon change, but the Hawaiian changed for the better. People started, you know, uh, pronouncing uh, it honoring the Okinas and such. But when, when we spoke pigeon back then, we didn't know we were speak, speaking pigeon. It's just how we spoke. It's not until we got to the to town, <laughs> when, we, when the, the waitress would say, I'm sorry, what do you want? You know, and, and um, it, you see, I, when I was a kid, you know, my dad was in the service, so I, I, we lived in San Francisco. I didn't get to Hawaii till like the fourth grade, right? So I used to hear my dad and his, all his friends speaking pigeon, right? And I thought, wow, they're speaking some weird baby talk, you know? <laughs> And, but I knew it and I understood it. And then I got here to Hawaii and went, the whole state talks like that. <laughs> you know? But, and then it became, like you were saying, uh, an identifier. You know? I mean, I do this thing in my act where I go, if you go to the mainland and you go to a Starbucks and you see a brother behind the counter and you don't know, you know, if he's local or Mexican. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, right? So what yeah. you do is you throw out small kind pigeon to see if he bite. <laughs> right? They go, oh, yes, can I help you? Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> are you, brah? And if they go, I'm sorry, what? You go, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'll have a coffee latte. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could be in a poke shop right. in L.A. Same thing. Same thing. But if the brother bite, oh, wow, are you from away? I am me at the boom. Game on. <laughs> Right? And of course, there's always the howlies behind you going, they're talking about us. <laughs> right? No. But, you know, more, more, than, more than a communication tool, it became an identifier. Right. It was right. like, where are you from? And, and to the point, like backstage, if you say, I shave, oh, you from Hilo, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> shave. Or whatever. I shave, yeah. for sure. I shave instead yeah. of shave ice. You know, what, what does it say about cultures when they mix and, and come up with a language? I mean, what are we saying about ourselves when we use pidgin? Huh, Sarah? Yeah, well, um, and I should first say that what we refer, refer to as pidgin is actually, uh, linguistically, we refer to it as a creole, which means it's a native language. People speak it in the home, and it's different than... Uh, what it originally was, which is... Some ad hoc, exactly. no structure, kind of just... Right. Hmm. And it, in the process of becoming a native language, it has been enriched by grammatical and phonological structures from Hawaiian, from Chinese and Portuguese and Japanese. And like what? Well, for instance, um, uh, like... Uh, walk feet. I don't know how many of you know the expression walk feet. That comes from Hawaiian hele vavai. So um, that's what we refer to as kind of a pretty transparent word for word um, gloss from Hawaiian. Walk but feet? Walk feet. To, mm, never yeah, to, take, to take a walk to go. Okay. It's an older expression, maybe yeah. not more in the, in, the, in the current generation. But then you have other grammatical structures. For instance, the use of the word stay before a verb. So stay means you know, to be somewhere. But if you use it before a verb, right, it means uh, a continuous action. Even if that word is go. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, stay go. Um, and this, uh, this comes from Portuguese. This is a very, um, uh, from Portuguese, esta, has very similar function to stay in Hawaii Creole. So, in, you know, I was reading about that way that we add yeah or at the end of a sentence, maybe. Is that uniquely pigeon? What? 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 You know, well, I mean, when, when you say this, this is really good, yeah? Or, you know. But, you, know it, you know what that is? But that's, uh, you know, I always say that, that pigeon uh, contains the broken shards of the Hawaiian language. Because if you say, like, what's your name in Hawaiian, you say, oh, I and you go up, in English, you would go, hey, what's your name? 
You go down, yeah. right? So in, in pigeon, you go, eh, bro, what's your name? You go up, right? Because it's, it's like yeah, a lion. See, that's right? kind of the, what I was talking about when you, when you indicate value, too. Uh-huh. You know, when you talk about stuff, you know. Um, uh, okay, like, like Inouye, I, I heard him give a speech once, which is masterful. Yeah. And, and everybody in the audience know, I mean, Danny Inouye spoke better English than, I don't know any Holly who speaks better English than Danny Inouye. <laughs> or, or maybe I should say any Native American original speaker who speaks better English than Danny Noy. But he would talk about his experience going to World War II and the formation of the 442nd. And when he would describe that story, he would talk about how they were all mustering to go out on the ship, to ship out to, to a training camp. And his father walked up to him and he said to him, you know, don't make me shame or don't bring shame on the family. And then Danny Noy went on and talked about his experience in the war and how much that meant to him. And then he, but in the middle of this speech, which was just immaculately spoken, and then he said something like, uh, just before, in the middle, and he would say, and yet, when it was all pow, I think I made my father proud. I think I made my father proud, okay? But if you really listen, the masterfully of that, was the first was obvious. When he said pow, all pow, he could have said all finished. But everybody in the audience who was from the 442nd immediately knew he was one of them again. Because only in Hawaii would you use that particular phrase. But that's like the first cut. Actually, if you look at the way he structured that story, when he talked about no make shame, don't make me shame, Every kid in Hawaii grew up with the idea, no make A. No make A. You don't bring shame on your family. So the language actually talks was, Mm. you know, no make A is a value system that was being expressed that had been incorporated and accepted by all groups. And then when he went on and at the end he says, I think I made my father proud. Now, if he was from Texas, which I can't believe got to be the most sexiest language, but, <laughs> but if he was from Texas, he would say, I know I made my daddy proud, you know? <laughs> but if, if, if he know I said, I, he said, I think I made my father proud, because if he said, I know, hey, look at big head, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you don't, you, we also use the language to express the value systems, that's yeah. my current yeah. big thing. Yeah. The value uh-huh. systems that each ethnic group contributed to our society. And I think that what Pigeon does, and if you know, you really understand its function, it is a, a sense of ex- uh, localism. What is Hawaii when you strip it of all its various parts and you put it all back together. What is the sum of our society? The sum of our society for years, we used to talk about the fact that here the differences make us special and the rest. But I'm suggesting when we, start, when we study the language and we understand the values it was expressing, we also have a whole lot of commonality, which we all agree on. And I think the <laughs> language of localism is pigeon. And, and, and that's why I hope it perpetuates forever. But you know, but you, you touched on something that's very important, and that is the difference between shame and embarrassment, you know, which culturally I think is shared a lot by Japanese, where you say, oh, wow, well, I was all shame. And that's because of how you reflect on your family, as opposed to, oh, I was so embarrassed. Which oh, you suck on yourself. That, yeah. That's on yourself. And you know when you say make A, you talk about a pigeon thing. That, of course, means make ass, right? Because you're going to make an ass out of you. So no make A, no make ass, right? Well, remember when you were a kid and somebody do something stupid and you go, hana okulele, hana okulele, right? If you think about it, what they're saying is hana okole, yeah, which hana get- is make and okole is ass. Make A. <laughs> So when they go, hana okulele, hana okulele, right? 
So Maybe. It, it, it's interesting, again, <laughs> how this all evolved. Yeah. You know? just, but speaking of evolution, I mean, you're, you're pointing out to me sort of the class, the class consciousness that Pigeon is about. It's about a certain class identification. Is that correct in Hawaii? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Pigeon, I think, has what in linguistics we would call covert prestige. And this is a kind of prestige that's associated with local um, values. So things like here in Hawaii, that would be um, personal connections between people, humility. Um, and so it's, it gets tied with these kinds of meanings associated with it. Um, uh, not saying something when maybe we both know the answer and maybe it's a little bit taboo or, or I shouldn't maybe be talking about it. I can kind of slip in some maybe some vague language that an outsider might not understand, right? The kind. The kind. Or maybe <laughs> big body. How's oh. that? I mean, you know, because you, you keep referring to this sort of little bit of humility that's also involved in this pigeon, making things not blasting, and, but making just a little understatement. Mm -hmm. Possibly. What are some other characteristics of pigeon in Hawaii? Okay, you Professor. <laughs> You're on. Yeah. No, no. matter <laughs> Go for it. Devo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess going on the, the humility kind of idea or the uh, kind of shared knowledge kind of idea. So if there's if there's someone, this is something that English speakers get wrong, especially if they move here, they're from outside. Um, they might say things that, um, more than they need to say, right? Oh. Name people who maybe they don't need to name, right? And instead can kind of hint at it, like say, oh, you know. Um, the kind? The kind, or just, yeah. oh, you know, you know the person I'm talking about. You know, they did this, um, or hint at it a bit more, and using pigeon to do that. Pigeon, you know, with words like the kind, so, are so able to... So it goes along with other protocols, kind of social protocols. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, and you see that when, when you get the Califriskans, I think you call them, <laughs> um, turning on, trying to, trying to speak pigeon, right? Um, and getting things wrong. So part oh, of it is yeah. the pronunciation, the ho, oh, bra, like, go, beach? <laughs> I mean, hey, bra, me likes to go your house, cow, cow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've given lessons in this, Andy. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I mean, because there are websites about how to, what to do, well, you know. Well, you know, when I was doing the Daily Pigeon a lot, you know, people would say, you know, uh, what's the best way to practice my pigeon? And I'd say, at home by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, and, and I said, but a way to do it, and, and the governor mentioned it, is you can like start using pow instead of finish. You can start saying not instead of I don't believe you. Try with the one syllable words first. <laughs> yeah. 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 Before you get into that whole hammer jang thing. Hammer jang. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, I, it's interesting. Uh, and uh, I, I traveled with Dan Inouye, and I, I, what a speaker. And he did a thing, and I used to watch him, where it, it, he spoke perfect English, and he would, but he did it with a pigeon accent. Yeah, yeah. It's and it was like, when we come down to the people of Hawaii, <laughs> there is a bifurcation of the tonality of the, you know, it's just like all these kind of hyperbolic words. But you're going, is that pigeon or he's smart? <laughs> and that's the trick. That's the trick. That's the trick. What? Use long words in a pigeon kind of way? <laughs> well, you. <laughs> no, just this and that, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you, uh, my, my dad used to say, now all mine used all kind of hyperbolic words, you know, but here's a guy who used to, used to say film as film, you know. But it, but it was interesting because uh, t if you ever try to sell something on Craigslist, right, and then you get a guy and he calls you up, oi, bro, calling about the truck, what, you, got, you still selling them, right? You immediately go, yeah, bro, I think still going, what, you like? You know, you wouldn't go, yes, it's still available. Would you like to purchase it, you know? Oh, I'll call you back, boom. <laughs> I'll go, 
What, bro? You getting money? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, here, here's a story, and I don't mean to embarrass the governor here, but <laughs> I was on a flight, okay, uh, from here uh, to the Big Island. We are, we were in first class, right? Sure. You didn't know it, but I was sitting in the seat behind you, and you were governor at the time, right? Okay. And you were sitting with somebody else, and I don't know who it was, but you guys were talking about hardcore state business. But it was all in pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, I'm, I was going, if I had a tape recorder, <laughs> you know, because you're going, ah, bro, if that bugger think he's going to make appropriations and steal that, no way, bro. <laughs> hey, honest kind, we go for that. That's only lose money. Which, 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 and we talked about this backstage. Complicated ideas can be communicated in pigeon. Yeah. Proof mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> positive. In pri- I in guess. Pigeon. <laughs> hey. Now, what do you think they were talking about, Sarah, when they voted H- Hawaii? the Hawaiian accent is the number seven sexiest. <laughs> Are they talking about the way we all normally talk, or? I'm not really sure what criteria I mean, they use. Do, do we talk differently here normally? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hawaiian English, and not just only pidgin, but English as spoken in Hawaii as, as a whole, has a distinctive phonology, which the sound system. Really? That's, and so one of the features is um, the lack of um, the, post, uh, the vowel, I'm sorry, the R after a vowel. So, you know, or, or oh, TH. At the end, you mean? Feta, instead of feather. Right, oh. exactly. Feta. Feta, right. Oh. The and, bird get nice feta. And, <laughs> and, okay. I, and I heard Boston accent was also rated highly on that. Yeah. And that also has a similar feature. So I don't know if that well, is relevant. I kind of thought. I used to think the Filipino guys at the Hanukkah school was pretty sexy. You know, this yeah. is <laughs> They would go out there, pss, pss. <laughs> That should be number one. <laughs> I don't think any Texan can do that. What do you mean? Because it depends on? on how you grow up. That's, that's why I get so many Filipinos. <laughs> Where's Ben when you need him? <laughs> but there again, but there again are the broken shards of Hawaiian because oh, if yeah. you speak pigeon, right, and you get the a e a o u vowel sounds, in, yeah, in, you, can you go to learn uh, Hawaiian, mm-hmm. and you're halfway there, you know? Well, I the, know in the UH Hilo, they teach uh, in the Hawaiian language department, they have a textbook that actually uses pidgin to teach Hawaiian, because in, you know, a lot of the mistakes that people make in speaking Hawaiian is because you're thinking of it in a standard English, English. way. Right. But if you think of expressing yourself in a pidgin way, that is much closer to uh, Hawaiian, so it's actually a help to knowledge of pigeon is a help in, in learning Hawaiian. Well, I'll, I'll oh, tell cool. you, it can get you in trouble though, you know, because I was at a <laughs> Kamehameha band um, competition. My daughter was competing, okay? And the Kalani Falcons were also competing. And a lady in front of us, and we had some Haole people with us, right? Well, if you say falcon in pigeon, the a becomes round. So every time they sit, did something good, she go, Falcon Pride! <laughs> oh, that's Falcon Good! You know? <laughs> and the people with us, what is she saying? <laughs> uh, falcon, Falcon, it's pronounced Falcon. <laughs> Yeah. Well, everybody in this in this audience knows what we're talking about here because we live in this in this soup of of how we talk in Hawaii. Some of it is pidgin, some of it is not. Some words we throw in. Some, you know, as our language is evolving. I mean, I was talking to a community college professor the other day who said, you know, my students don't speak pidgin. They don't. They they love it though. They think it's funny. They like to hear it but they don't speak it. 
are we, is this a part of local identity well, I that... I think people speak much better English today than when I was growing up, in general. And, and, um, but one of the big changes in language also, which Andy's alluding to, is uh, we used to, as part of pidgin conversation, we'd slaughter Hawaiian words. You know, like he said, Waianae. You know, we, nobody, oh, Maili instead mm -hmm. of Miley. Or, you know, we, uh, my, I grew up in, above Honaka was called Ahualoa, and we would go Haoloa. I mean, I thought that was the name of the place for years. <laughs> yeah. But people have learned, little kids now learn how to pronounce Hawaiian words. And so it's interesting to listen to their pigeon of today, and they pronounce Hawaiian perfectly. I was just on the Waianae Coast. I was telling people, I, 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 because of this show, I deliberately went to hear people talking. And it was amazing to me. Well, first of all, they were using a lot of initials, which I didn't understand. You know, <laughs> I, I, I understand LOL, you know, yeah. but that's it. <laughs> and then... Um, the, the second thing, though, was they were, their, their Hawaiian was, was excellent, excellent. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just how language grows, I guess. But and they, you've been talking about how profitably Senator Inoue used a few well-chosen Hawaiian words to, you know, just... And express Hawaiian values, to express uh, or Hawaii values, which I think is actually more than what I was trying to say. It's, it's universal. It may start it out with Hawaiian. It may start out from uh, the, our Asian influences. But somehow in the amalgamation of going through the state, it, you know, it's created a kind of a different culture that is being expressed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's my thing. I mean, I, 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 I decided yeah. to push commonality now instead of mm -hmm. differences. Is there something about identity that we need to say here? As we look forward, you know, are there words that we want to preserve? Is there something that we have to think now in order to have this identifying language all between us, say 20, 50 years from now? Are there decisions that have to be made? Are there some words that we for sure want to have? How do you control it? Yeah. I don't think you can, can you? I mean, isn't it a cultural thing? It just naturally evolves. And goes right. away. Like Hema Jang, we were just talking about behind the scenes, that it finally made it into the Oxford Dictionary, but what, in Hawaii, do people still use it? Well, that's how you know it died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, also, you know... Also, Hema Jang was an Oahu word. That, it, that, that was not a neighbor island word. It was, uh, we learned that coming to Honolulu. Honolulu. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at habutero. You habutero, know? yeah. What's you know? that? You don't know it's habutero. <laughs> Darn funny, what kind of Japanese you? I'm a kotonk. I'm a kotonk. <laughs> you know when, when, when kids, when you... They, See, they that's get a, what's happening to the language. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know when... when, when, when they act, all, they act all sad, like, oh, oh I'll let go, but I'll let go. And I act all habotero. Yeah, brother, you all yeah, habut. It's Japanese, right? Oh. Habut. Habutero, habut. It's normal for all languages to change. And a language that doesn't change is a dead language. So <laughs> it's important, you know, uh, it's an important indicator of how the language remains, you know, uh, vital if we have new um, things replacing old things. That's a very natural part of language. Hmm. There are some words that are more popular now than they were before, like choke. Yes. Yes, yes that, that's a good example. Guess what choke came from? What? Right? It's a fishing term, oh. right? Because when had plenty of fish, right, oh. and they try to get through a small part, there's so much fish, they choked the small place. So had choke fish. Wow. So, hey, what? Get fish. Oh, God, get choke fish. <laughs> and then it came to, oh, what? Was the place crowded? Oh, had choke people. That's, and it's just, you know, that, that's the, the yeah. I, I so love cool. that part I of where things come too. from. How about shoots? Shoots. Well, shoots. Shoot, then, then. Gotta have that. Yeah, shoots. I, I don't know how that started. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I respect it because there's violence involved. <laughs> sure, no problem. <laughs> but how about beef? Is beef? I thought I thought beef was something people said about fighting everywhere. I thought it was a synonym well, it, But you know fighting. what? It got old. Now it's Your scrap. Beef. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The and language has changed. It evolves with the yeah, generations. Yeah. You, know? you guys used to say beef. Yeah. That's why I feel old. <laughs> but they don't say beef on the mainland, or they do. What on the mainland? Yeah. Well, you hit them first, and then ask. Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say, "What's your beef?" You know, well, you got a the problem. Argument? What's your beef? Oh yeah. But they don't. They don't beef. Hey, Lolo, go outside, beef. Don't bring them in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we had, but, you know, why and I, when we used to fight, right, we used to say, up and up, yeah. which I don't think they say anymore, right? Up and up with no karate, no kicking, no fence, <laughs> no stick, no, and then you take off your shirt, and you go off the side, and then your friends act like they're going to beef, and then they, and then, the, you know what I mean? But and then was, you hope <laughs> somebody calls a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you pose, you know, like the chickens when they fight, you know? Okay, is there pigeon body language? Oh, what, are you kidding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have oh, you yeah. studied pigeon body language, Katie? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't but studied it. that is a very I will, important. I will say that we need way more pigeon speakers in programs studying them, so if you're interested in those kinds of things, that's a great, there's a great master's thesis there, yeah. <laughs> well, here's a body language, right? Join the shaka, yeah. right? Yeah. You get those guys, you know, tourists? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I always think, well, what is the proper way to throw a shaka? I said, well, it's like you're showing a badge at, an, at, at a bar where they're selling drugs. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then there's the, there's the short shaka, you know, like, that, hey, how's it, right? And then there's me and, hey, how's it? And then there's the, hey, how you better? <laughs> there's the, you know, but what is this? That's so crazy, right? I mean, I, this Hawaiian, my Hawaiian uncle would always be saying, he would never go like this to anybody. <laughs> See, in Oahu, they used to say shaka. In Waimea, they would say easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah easy. easy, brother. Easy. Easy. No yeah. worries. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. And I think the word shaka precedes the gesture, because I, the first instance I could find of the word shaka is from 1928. What did it mean? Um... So the example is about a school dance, and they snuck a column into the newspaper titled, Fellows, Don't Show This to the Teachers. And it was all written in pigeon, and describing the band, it's some shock a band boy. So it might mean something like awesome or oh, you know, cool great. or something like that. In the 20s. So a lot of these words go really way back. Uh-huh. The 20s and 30s was kind of a heyday for pigeon yes, here, right? It was, yeah. it was. It was a. It was well, such I a common language, 60s huh? And 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but it was at that time when it really um, a lot of the development that that occurred with all the features coming from all the different languages. It really matured at that point, and um, all the school children yes, spoke it. Yes, that's for sure, definitely, right? Yeah. Well, not all, but because you still have those English standard schools, mm -hmm. but definitely throughout, throughout the islands. Uh -huh. um, has anyone done, said anything specific about um, the sort of socioeconomic uh, relationship with pigeon? You mean if you speak pigeon, you're poor? Uh, <laughs> no, well, in terms of, it's like palaka. Don't make things no say if you're Hawaiian, you're poor. No, but it's like palaka. Huh? It's like palaka, a visual identifier. You yeah. know what I mean? And it creates a commonality visually when we see that. Oh. It's also a kind of a class identifier. And I feel like pigeon could be the same way. Exactly. <laughs> same way? Yeah. It's like kinda. a tattoo. You know, I think a lot of it, a lot of it, uh, would, the class distinction would be in the vocabulary. You know, and, um, or even the ethnic distinctions might be in the vocabulary. But what was consistent, even if you were born and raised in Hawaii, it didn't matter. Even if you went to Punahou, you got an accent that was unique to this place. Yeah. I, I don't know how to say it. You, 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 and 
the way you said, you spoke a perfect English sentence, I would know whether or not you came from, or I would suspect you might have come from Hawaii, just without, because you never said the TH, you never said something, you said what? And it's you know, like house. OT as opposed to what, you know? I don't even know how to say it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the English way. <laughs> but again, there's the broken shards, right? Because Hawaiian had the diphthongs, right? Where, where right. You, say, you say Waikiki. You don't say Waikiki. The A and the I are, are like blended and almost, the I becomes almost a ghost where it's Waikiki or, or Kauai. You know, that, that kind of Maui, you know? Mm. And then in pigeon, when, when that happens, the same thing. They, they disappear like it's that. It's all sound. A lot of it is more important. In, in some respects, I think the, the sound is more important in identifying somebody who's a speaker uh, from uh, local, local Hawaii than, necess- than always just the vocabulary. Because some of this vocabulary stuff that we call pigeon, you know, got into the surfing culture. All the guys in California started saying the same stuff. You know? yeah, and, but they were saying it kind of different. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, but, it's ending. But, but even when, when, when governor speaks, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, he's speaking perfectly English, but he still says important. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. You notice that it's not important, it's important. Which is, which is a subtle thing, but you know, if, if you're trained for it, you go, whoa. I won't vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I kind of hear that in the way you talk too, Katie. You know, in a way, your, your English is a little bit inflected with... Um... I picked up a couple of things. <laughs> I'm not originally from Hawaii, but I picked up a couple of things. Um, and one that I noticed even, uh, you know, among Punahou kids like you, <laughs> is the, the, <laughs> is the, the, the violin O. So in word like, like show, and maybe it's how someone from California might say it, but in Hawaii it'd be show, yeah. where it's, it's not the thongo, it's monothong. Oh. So it's just O, and whereas in California, O. o. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one difference. Um, but then these kind of markers also change over time. So um, for uh, like the vowel a, it seems to be undergoing a shift in both pidgin and in English um, that is here in Hawaii in a way that isn't happening in other um, dialects of English. Huh. So um, for example, um, the word uh, sand is increasingly more and more um, young people are saying it like sand. Like really far back. Almost an H. Sand. 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 So there are differences like this that are starting to to change um, in the speech of both pidgin and English speakers. You you, you notice like local people will will, um, pronounce O N E and W O N differently. One and one. Yeah. You know, oh, they're both one. How many you like? Oh, one. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you know, this and is there, how it looks. there are dialectual things that we do too. You ever notice, like, you never hear local people say tuna fish. Yeah. They say tuna. You know yeah. what I mean? They never say, you, know, you, you people on the menu, would you like a tuna fish sandwich? Yeah. No, I'll have a uh, beef cow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, any idea how the word grind? Got, got grind. Going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, grind. Like, but like my, my dad, and, and I think you, you mentioned backstage, we used to say I for, yeah. for eat. Yeah. But I don't think they say that anymore. No, they never do. I know, I, I, I. It might come and back. And it's interesting, broken shards, I is, is eat, but it also means ground, yeah. right? Because that's where the food comes from. So you, you, you I. You, 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 yeah. you go through, which also meant, you know, hey, how's your baby, what? You're like, I. <laughs> you like, go to the ground. Right? <laughs> I get my blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Huh? <laughs> get chance, you think. Uh, how popular is cow cow these days? How popular is cow cow? How popular? Mm, nobody says it. Really? Cow-cow. 
I don't think they say cow cow. They grind, but the, grind. it's in a lot of uh, restaurant names. Yeah. Cow cow corner. <laughs> yeah, still there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, cow cow has an interesting history because it originally comes from Chinese pidgin English. Chow to chow, you know, chow chow. And then it became borrowed into pidgin Hawaiian because cow cow sounds like a Hawaiian word. So people learned it thinking it was Hawaiian. And, and now here we have. Tell the joke. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of bungled it when I told you, but this was from the 1930s. Um, and so a farmer was trying to feed a cow what was supposed to be given to a horse. And so um, the joke goes, cow no can cow cow, horse cow cow. Cow, 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 cow. <laughs> <laughs> and I've okay. always loved that show. No, no, in the 30s, that was killing it. Yes. That was a killer. That was a killer. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah, that was the killer. <laughs> but you know what? With the proper inflation, I hear that joke and I, yeah, bro. You get a cow, cow, horse, cow, cow, only cow can cow, 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 cow. <laughs> Stupid. I know. <laughs> right? It's the inflection. Right. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> and yet, we all know that, that sentiments, you know, sensitive sentiments can be expressed in pigeon as well. Oh, yeah. You know? What, what was that? I'm sorry? <laughs> Sensitive sentiments can be expressed in pigeon as well. Yeah. Pigeon can be used for Yeah, he went Maki. Maki died dead. Maki died dead. Well, you know, if you want to, you, you were talking about this earlier where if you want to soften an idea, you know, I, I don't know if you remember in the movie Goodfellas, where one of the guys were going, well, you were busting his chops a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, you know, a little bit. I'll bust it. Yeah, a little bit, you know. No, were you busting my chops? Yeah, you were busting my chops. A little bit, you know what I'm saying? A little bit, right? The equivalent in Hawaiian is, oh, yeah, well, what? He was bugging you. Yeah, you know, small kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Which is yes, but I want to soften it because we don't like beef. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's all a, it, this is so much about our local culture. What are we saying about the way we are when we say we we try to minimize our um, you know our our big bodiness? We try to um, not be as specific when we're saying talking stink about somebody. We try to be a little bit more vague, maybe because we don't want to mention the kind, you know? Uh, well, think about the, the pidgin English being recognized as a language, mm. you know? And in my act, I tell people, I said, you know, Brasso, if you speak pidgin, from now on, you're bilingual. Because <laughs> you speak English and you speak pidgin. And when you mention that you're bilingual, no forget, leave out, no, include the lingual part. Because you know, like tell people, hey, bro, I was talking to Annie. He told me, yeah, I'm bi. <laughs> but, um, so. In the 30s, that kills. <laughs> but I it's recognized it's a, as an actual yeah, language. Yeah, Does that blow your mind? That's what they've just and, and that's important because throughout most of the 20th century, um, Pigeon wasn't, didn't have that recognition. And in the schools, it was often thought, well, you have to get rid of pidgin in order to learn standard English. And, and that, that was just such a, a difficult situation for kids who come to the schools. You know, that, that's how their parents speak. It's all they ever heard. And now you have to give up that in order to learn standard English, which was a completely unnecessary burden to put on and kids. And they withdraw. Yeah, when mm -hmm. they could be bilingual. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Uh, now you can come to UH and take classes about pigeon. So <laughs> Ken Sakota is in the audience. I'm going to embarrass him, but he's um, he's a, a pigeon expert. He um, is who I go to when I have questions, and um, he. Uh, um, 
It teaches some fantastic classes on Pidgin. They're extremely popular. And then also, you know, a lot of us who don't maybe teach strictly a whole class about Pidgin, we accept papers written in Pidgin. It's um, recognized in that official setting as well. Wow. So. Why are these people encroaching on the side? <laughs> yes, we are. Well, because it's are. time, it's time for sure. us to open up the uh, questions mm. to the audience. We are just about to jump into our question and answer session, but first a round of applause for a fabulous panelists oh, tonight. God. My name is Vincent Yi. I work at a hotel. And when we work together with coworkers, everything is just pigeon. It just flows naturally. And I think it's um, pigeon is like the lingua franca of blue collar Hawaii. White collar Hawaii, not so much because you're conducting business and things like that. Um, do you believe that's pretty much true? Couldn't hear the question. The, he says that um, among the people he works with, uh, pigeon is common, but yeah. he feels that in the white collar world, perhaps not so much. Do you find they that? They just hide it better. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think though that uh, what, what, we, what we are seeing, I don't know whether it's actually pigeon, but we are seeing uh, much more blue collar workers, I mean white collar workers, trying to be proud of their blue-collar backgrounds. I mean, if you, you, if you go to a place like Wildlife Club, right, where yeah. you got all these guys out there, I mean, they go out of their way to make sure that there's this local feel in the place. I mean, you know, I mean, like when you go eat lunch, you know, you, you, you're not going to have french fries and a hamburger. You're going to have oxtail soup. And you're going to talk about the kind of things that you have. So there, you, I, I don't know. You're probably right in the sense that uh, the blue-collar people may be using more of the vocabulary. But I think there is a sort of a, a kind of a renaissance going on of uh, we all local now or we want to be local. Mm -hmm. you know. It's a wannabe thing. Well, it's more than that, though, because, I mean, okay, you take like my friend Walter Dodge. Yeah. I mean, he was actually local at one time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's now, he, your, now he wants to, to capture it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Next question is on your you know, And I also, I also think that uh, among you, you and your workers, there, there's probably um, an unspoken need to differentiate yourself from, from your the others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Actually, it's more of a dominant thing because we have people from the mainland. We have an Iranian guy. They yeah. try and speak pidgin English to us. Right, because he wants asked, to be in. Yeah, and they asked me, okay, which one speaks better English? I said, oh, the Holly guy is more authentic yeah. than the Iranian guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, can, can I make a comment about that too? Um, so in the early 90s, there was a linguist at uh, 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 late uh, Charlie Sato. She published an article where she speculated about the future of pigeon. And one point she brought up was um, Hawaii's tourist economy needing uh, uh, workers from Southeast Asia and other places uh, to work in uh, like the hotel industry. And um, so she speculated that the use of pigeon would actually increase to some extent among this population because that's the kind of English they learn from, from other people. And so even though we have a situation of like Hawaii being part of, you know, being the 50th state and with a lot of Haoli's coming from the mainland, um, that's not the only thing that, that's happening. Next question is on your left. Uh, Aloha, uh, Joey Char. And I was wondering, how can we call it pigeon and not minor bird or parakeet <laughs> or something, something yeah. else? Good question. <laughs> so that's yours. That's you. That's You're on. One of you got to answer that. Okay. Um, it actually comes from Chinese Pigeon English, and it's the Chinese pronunciation of the word business. It was business English. That's the kind of English that they used to conduct trade in oh, the 1700s. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. It's Chinese? <laughs> oh, you're really bilingual. Oh, man, we bilingual like that, huh? Wow. 
Next question on the right. Did that, does that answer well, your I question? Well, I know one thing. The Chinese never know how to spell, because they don't <laughs> spell it like really like pigeon. <laughs> I learned that the other night. It's spelled P-I something else. <laughs> G-I-N. It's Chinese, bro. <laughs> Next question. Honaka <laughs> school. Next question. Cool. Oh, here we go. Hi, my name's Sandy Tsukiyama, and I'm a Portuguese speaker. And this question is basically for the researchers, that how much credit is the Portuguese language given to its input on why pidgin is what it is? Because I have a whole list. Uh. <laughs> I have a whole list, and we collaborated with Kent Sakoda and a Portuguese, local Portuguese historian, Herbert Carlos. We came up with a lot. I, I would be very interested to hear that because I'm going to Portugal uh, next month where I'm going to be talking about that uh, topic. Um, so I know Edgar Knowlton in the 1960s published an article about Portuguese and pigeon and identified a number of features. And um, I've, I regard Portuguese as probably the second most influential language on pigeon um, besides Hawaiian. So, um, yeah. I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, Professor, um, one of the big influences was one. They would say, like, una carta, like for one letter, uh, you know, oh, there's a, una carta on the table, there's one letter on the table. Oh. We're in pigeon, oh, you get one letter on the table. Right, so the one, in fact, and how I know this is I did a, I did a, I sold pigeon English uh, magnets so you could go on your refrigerator, right? And I forgot to put one. And you know how many letters? Yeah. Are? How are you gonna make one sentence if no more one one? I can slap your head. And, and I think that was, uh, is, is it Spanish or pidgin? I mean, or Portuguese that had the one. It's also Hawaiian. Yeah. Hawaiian has one, kekahim, something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, oh, so yeah. My, and, and even the pidgin form of the Hawaiian language uses akahi in exactly the same way. Exactly the same mm -hmm. way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But how, what, what's a better way to call your friend stupid than baboos? Baboos. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another good word that we is that, not have is that around much longer. Is that actually a Portuguese word, baboos? It's from the word baboso, which means uh, drooling. So like the word for aloe vera, <laughs> the word for the aloe vera plant, as yeah. we call it, aloe over here, you know, when you break it off, it drools, yeah, right? Yeah. The name for that plant is baboso, babosa or baboso. And so a person, you're like, you're drooling idiot, <laughs> like that. The so baboos. And because, ah. because the language is Azores, was influenced by Flemish settlers. It became uh, different from Babos, so that's why they say Garut instead of Garoto, and they say um, uh, Bonut instead of Bonoit, and for good evening or good night. And so uh, the Azorian pronunciation came into you know, what we know. So, so Babos is definitely a loan word. Wow. <laughs> that was a Portuguese answer. I've got well, a question for Kent Sakoda, yeah. oh. if, if no one else does. Kent, so glad you're here. You know, what are some current issues in Pigeon, or, or, and what do students, what are students interested in in your classes? Wow, I didn't, wasn't expect this. I was going to hide out the wheel. Um, I'm sorry, again, the question. But yeah, what are contemporary issues in Pigeon? Well, um, really contemporary ones are the fact that I think a lot of people are not aware of when they're using Pigeon anymore. So it, it, it's sort of like a, a mixture of English and Pigeon. And, and that's, it doesn't, it's not really a problem, but it's, I think that adds to the change, I think, in the, in the language. Um, it's something that we have to deal with, and Katie knows this. We have, we've had this conversation a lot before in, in terms of, she, she does a lot of research in Hawaii English, so the English dialect is spoken here as opposed to the pidgin that's spoken here. And so I ask her always, you know, how do you know when one ends and the other begins? You know, how, do you can, how can you tell the difference? And, and that's something that we're dealing with, I think. Um, no. there's, there's tremendous stuff. But can I make a comment about what Sandy said? 
earlier about Portuguese. So, okay, so, so what it, I, in Portuguese, the, the Portuguese influence, we don't know so much because, here's the reason, there's not as many loan words in pidgin from Portuguese. Same thing with the Chinese. Okay, so the Chinese, Portuguese were early, early on, right? Of course, the Hawaiians were here, but the, the um, Portuguese and the um, Chinese were early uh, immigrant laborers here. And um, so you would expect a lot more loan words, but there's not a whole lot of it. Oh, sorry. Anyway, so um, yeah, so the uh, long story short is that there's this thing called loan translations, calcs, that are not, um, so you use, you borrow the concept from the other language, you borrow the concept from Portuguese, but you use the pidgin word or the English word from pidgin for that thing there. And so it sounds weird English, but in fact, it comes from that, that language, so. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. And that's all the time we have tonight. But before we close, I want to thank the Daniel K. Inouye Institute for making tonight's program possible, and also Hawaii Public Radio for our media sponsor tonight. So a round of applause for them, please. Thank all of you for joining us. It's great to see a standing room only crowd here. We also have bento boxes for everyone here along with uh, beer and wine at the reception. So please join us for, for some food as well as drinks and to continue the conversation. Finally, a round of applause for our panelists tonight. Thank you so much.